Welcome back to Inspiring Hope, where I encourage you to have only positive expectations through self-care. Today, I'm going to be featuring Ms. Lisa Bowman-Bodenhausen. She's going to share something very special to her, which is a testimony of how her son, Drew Bodenhausen, he lost his life, actually, due to the negligence of a surgeon here who was not board certified. She warns everybody to always make sure that if someone is working on your loved one in a hospital or anything like that, that they are board certified. So today we're going to go ahead and get started. Lisa Bowman, Bowenhausen, she is the CEO and founder of Hats Off Travel and Concierge. She's also the Community Relations Director for Horses and Heroes, Inc., which is a place here in town that really helps with equine assisted therapy let's get it y'all let's go um but in um 2013 our oldest son drew who was 28 at the time was in a car accident he was a passenger um and that actually hit uh he was in a corvette that hit a semi um the car burst into flames the truck driver actually pulled Drew and pulled, uh, they pulled Colin out as well. But, um, and as they pulled him away, the car exploded. So we thank God every day for that truck driver. And I just want to say he has continued to be a blessing. He's the first text I get on every single holiday. Um, And in my phone, it says, Paul Drew's hero. Um, And Drew had um, a dissected aorta. He had multiple broken ribs. He had uh, broken leg, but he did amazing. Um, prayer, support, friends, family. It just, it was like, he was called the miracle man of the ICU there. Um, fast forward to July. Um, he was released for weight bearing on that leg a whole month early. Um, he was doing great, but he was struggling breathing at times. Um, what we found out was that he had tracheal stenosis. He had scar tissue within the trachea. Um, So that process is you do a tracheostomy, you scrape the scar tissue and work with that. About six months later, you'd be, um, you know, they'd be able to do the the, uh, plastic surgery and then, uh, you know, he would be okay. We were devastated for him, but not worried about his safety, you know, through that. It was a, it was a, it was a, it's it's a procedure they do, unfortunately, at the side of the road, but that saves lives, if that makes sense. Um, The, there's a specific question that anytime I have an opportunity to speak to people, I want to share. And that is always make sure your physician, anyone that's going to be working with you, your grandchildren, your friends, yourself, whatever, that they're board certified. The anesthesiologist um, was not board certified. He had actually failed his test multiple times. Um, the hospital no longer hires doctors that are not, pardon? No, go ahead. I'm listening. The, the doctors no longer hire, um, or the, that hospital no longer hires doctors that are not board certified um, because of Drew, but um, that particular doctor is still there. Um, I won't share the name now, but you're welcome to private message me and I'll be glad to share it. Um, but that anesthesiologist um, made air after air after air with the surgeons standing waiting to go in to do. Um, what's called an awake tracheostomy. Um, And he took Drew's ability to breathe away, but 
after five additional attempts, not calling the doctor in, Drew was without oxygen for um, 15, 16 minutes and he actually was brain dead. So that's where, I mean, we've been through so much heartache, but support and hope and things. And then at this point, um, it was the most horrific few weeks before he passed away. You know, and praise God, we know where he is. Praise God, we know that. Um, and we actually feel like the Lord scooped him up off the table at that point. But watching the hardest thing is not as a parent, not not grieving yourself, but it's watching your children grieve. Um, and that is rugged. Um, so out of, out of that um, has come because of my own journey and my needs, really, truly, that's how ministering to others through grief became so important to me. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that's um, sometimes that can be a little hard. Yeah, so I appreciate you sharing that with us, but I know it's going to help so many people. So out of that, I know, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about before was something special that you're doing. And yeah. I'm so excited about it. So I want you to tell us a little bit about that, because I really, truly, my heart is for us to get different ways yes. that we can we can honor our loved ones and we can honor those that, that we cherish and we can remember them. So talk to us a little yeah. bit about a couple yeah. of things. So Kintsugi, I, I hope I pronounced that right. You did. You did. Yeah. Good job. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> And then, then also about Shattered Treasures. Okay. So um, in 2017, um, um, I actually was with some uh, friends and they asked me if I would be willing to, if I would be, consider being on the board for Horses and Heroes. And I said, absolutely, I would. Because, I mean, I had a Shetland pony as a child. Um, if his real name was Sheepy, so if you imagine what he looked like, I'm sure that's correct. However, I named him Skyrocket because I'm a visionary, you know. So, and the only time he was fast at all was along the fence um, to, you know, to push me off. So, so um, but um, so I, I love that opportunity to be with horses. I knew how I loved them. However, when I went to visit with Julie Baker, who is the founder of Horses and Heroes, um, which, as you said, they're an organization that offers equine-assisted therapy to veterans, first responders, and their families. Um, beyond that, we've developed our for-profit side called Bold Horse Solutions, so we can help all demographics. But if we go back to, I ended up spending about three and a half hours there that day. And as I left, the first thing, phone call I made was to my sister, who is a psychologist and is in San Diego working with veterans there. And I said, is equine therapy all that they crack up to, you know, all that they say it is. And, and she said, absolutely. She said, it's one of the most impactful non-talk therapy that there is. And that's all yeah. I needed to know. I love horses and it works, you know, it's effective. Um, yes. So that, that has carried a wonderful journey. And the fact that the people that are in the leadership there also, um, actually I say this whole organization is led on its knees. And that is just, that's an amazing team to be a part of, you know? So, um, and then, you know, it's, it truly is 
people think, you know, dogs are amazing therapy. Yes, they are. They absolutely are. But horses are different. Horses are very intuitive. They're prey animals. And so they're highly intuitive. So when you see a horse that is grazing, you might think they're not paying attention to anything. They know everything that's going on around them. Therefore, when yeah. people are struggling or angry, you know, whatever the case may be, the horse will write, relate to that and pick up on it. And it is absolutely, it boggles my mind sometimes after sessions and you think, oh my word, that was absolutely incredible. I would totally agree with that. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, by accident, well, it was seen by accident, got a little uh, equine therapy myself and that's how I fell in love with it. And I knew this is it. This mm -hmm. is what I want to do. And this is what I want to provide for people. So it is incredible, you guys. So I'll give a short testimony. Uh, when I was, I took my son to, for some equine therapy, but really I didn't know it was therapy. I just knew I was supposed to take him to learn how to ride horses. So I took him riding horses and I met this young lady. I mean, young. So she was getting on this really big horse and I just went and talked to her because she was by herself. I said, hey, how can you ride that big old thing by yourself? And so and what made you come out here? And she began to tell me that she came out there from the beginning because she hated her parents. She hated everybody around. Her. She couldn't stand school. She just wanted to kill herself. I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, so what made you and how many times did it take for you to start coming out here riding the horses before you start feeling differently? And she said two times, twice. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's it. That's double confirmation. I'm done. Yeah. This is it. This is what I'm yeah. supposed to do. So that's I agree totally with you with that happening. And so we thank uh, Dr. Madeline is here with her beautiful face on the screen. Oh, I'm asking yes. her to do over some. <laughs> Yay. So I'm I'm so excited that Dr. Madeline is in the house, you guys. And I'm just going to introduce her a little bit. Uh, I was going to do the formal introduction, but let me just tell y'all, Dr. Madeline, this lady is phenomenal. They call her Dr. D. I always call her Dr. Madeline. Um, I met her the first time. I don't even know if she remembers this or knows this, but I met her the first time at some conference in some church in Kansas City, Kansas. So I was supposed to be at my church doing over vacation Bible school. But you know what? I got to delegate. So I just delegated to everybody. I was like, I just got to go and see what this thing is about. So I went and I heard her and I didn't even get to stay to the end. I didn't talk to her or nothing. But I said, God, if I ever see that woman, if I ever see her again, I promise you, I'm going to follow her. So my husband went to sign up for Bible college. And I was like, I don't want to go to no Bible college, you know. <laughs> and then um, lo and behold, Dr. Madeline was there. I was like, what you teaching? There was, I was, I was not even being, um, you know, polite and hey, what's your name? None of that. I was just like, what you teaching? That's all I want to know. And then she told me youth ministry. I said, I want to take that because I got a youth ministry in my home. And I just started going on and on. And if you know me, you know, I'm on 10 a lot of times. Right. Yeah. So I just started going on and on. And I was like, whatever she's teaching next, I'm taking that. And so my husband looks and he's like, I thought you didn't want to go to Bible college. I said, I know I don't, but I want to follow this lady right here. <laughs> so she is like awesome, you guys. So I'll, I'll formally introduce her a little bit later. But just I want to make sure that we stay in kind of some guidelines of our time. 
because I don't want to take advantage of your time, but I want Lisa to tell us a little bit more about other things that she does that helps out because we know equine therapy can be one thing that's awesome that works for some, but there's other things that she does too. So talk to us a little bit about those things, Lisa. Absolutely. Um, and, and a little bit of a preface to this is everyone deals with grief differently. Okay. There is no right or wrong. There is no um, rules to go by. There are general steps that are talked about that I believe everyone goes through at some point of their journey, um, but there truly is no right or wrong. And so as I share these things, I don't want anyone to think that their journey is, you know, that my journey is the only way to do this. I want to preface that um, because quite frankly, after Drew passed away, what I did was I just zoomed. I mean, I just kept so busy and the busier I could be, then I think it was a way that I wouldn't think, you know, um, but I was, they talk about like um, grief fog. Yeah. Well, there's grief fog, you know, and um, so I was extremely busy, but I didn't get a whole lot done. I said I was a lot like pig pen on peanuts. You know, um, I kicked up a lot of dust, but I didn't get a whole lot done. Um, and so as we as I went forward with things and just tried to manage things on my own, um, I really did. I needed to reach out to someone for some therapy. I did. So I did start seeing a counselor um, and that I highly recommend that any people find someone that they can connect with. And there's places all over Kansas City that can offer things uh, for free or as groups. And, you know, please just reach out to me if you have questions or, or whatever. Don't try to walk this journey alone. Um, I am so blessed. Our family is so blessed. We have friends and family that have continued to support and pray and walk through with us through this. And I pray everyone has that and that type of support because it's so important. But one day, well, actually twice in one week, you know how when God's tapping you on the shoulder and he's like, hello, and you might miss it the first time, but pretty soon it gets a little louder. Um, so there was three things that happened to like solidify this. So, but twice in one week I heard, you know, if, if you've lost your parents, you're an orphan. If you've lost your uh, spouse, you're a widow or a widower. But if you've lost a child, there is no name for that. And I thought, well, there will be because there has to be. Um, and the only thing I could come up with that truly signifies what is that you're shattered. Everything about your life shatters, but you put yourself back together, but it never looks the same. So I always say that I pictured myself having duct tape and caulk and glue and pieces missing. And, you know, I could see a vessel, but it was just shattered and kind of messy, you know. Um, and again, let me stop one moment and say, if you've lost a parent, a husband, a wife, um, someone very close to you and it's not a child, I am not diminishing that loss in any way because I've lost to my parents as well and, and my grandparents, are, so I know. But I just don't want that to come across there either. Um, but I kept trying to come up with names for shattered, like different languages, different things, and I couldn't come up with anything. And I was having a coffee with a, a, a lady one day and I shared it with her, she's an author, and I said, what, what would this be? Well, she knew Drew as well. And um, she said, Kintsugi. 
I said, what the heck is Kintsugi? And she said, she said, let me show you. And she pulled it up. It's a Japanese art form that is broken pottery fixed with gold. And when she showed it to me, I was like, that's it. So now those veins or those brokenness that are filled in with the gold, those are the memories. And instantly it was like workshops. We're going to do Kintsugi workshops. We're going to let people come. So we developed um, Shattered Treasures and we actually have people donate items like vases or teapots or cups or little bowls or what have you. And then we put together, we take a picture of them in its entirety and then we tap them and we break them and we have the pieces within a within a pretty little box. So people can see what it looked like. They can choose that as a way to honor their child or what it reminds. And then as we beautiful. are putting these back together and making them beautiful, um, there is a counselor, a grief specialist what, that actually will lead us through that and we're sharing about our child and those memories become actually beautiful. Um, and so Shattered Treasures was um, put in place. It's also a place where um, for us, Drew loved shoes, absolutely loved shoes. He was a great big football player, but go, growing up, he was stocky. And a lot of his friends were thin and stuff. So he got some ridicule. He couldn't wear those cool jeans a lot when he was in grade school. So we focused on his shoes and he continued to love shoes throughout his adult life. Um, so we do shoe drives in Drew's honor all the time, but someone else might want to do something different, but they don't know what to do, how to do it, who to contact. And that's something that just warrant, I mean, it just blesses me to my feet if I can help them come up with some way to honor their child. So that's a part of um, Shattered Treasures. And then again, offering resources um, yes. that people can use. Um, so yeah. That's um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. 